Good morning, everyone. I'm R.W. Estella with a word in edgewise. Today is the 4th of December, the 338th day of 2023, so that a mere 27 days are leading us to 2024. Having wrapped up November, we drift steadily into December, about which a noted 19th century New England Renaissance man, Thomas Wentworth Higginson, had this to say. The evening sky unseals its quiet fountain, hushing the silence to a drowsy rain. It spreads a web of dimness o'er the plain, and round each meadow tree makes this steep river bank a dizzy mountain, and this wide stream a sea. Higginson became a writer, a Unitarian minister, an abolitionist, a member of the Secret Six who supported John Brown, a Union colonel commanding a black regiment during the Civil War, a male advocate of women's rights, a publisher, a mentor to Emily Dickinson, and an important promoter of her poetry. This coming Sunday marks Emily Dickinson's 193rd birthday. She had this to say about impending winter. Winter is good, his hoar delights, italic flavor yield, to intellects inebriate with summer or the world, generic as a quarry and hearty as a rose, invited with asperity, but welcome when he goes. And this week on Wednesday occurs the most important birthday I know of, that of my favorite poet, my girlfriend Kathleen. The 37 of her birthdays we celebrated together have been the best of any birthdays ever. Heavenward every month with some last quarter moons more illuminated than others, this month's last quarter moon occurring tonight and tomorrow will be the most illuminated of 2023. That moon will also be a waning gibbous moon floating near the bright star Regulus, which is the brightest star in the constellation Leo the Lion, Regulus, as well, marks the bottom of an asterism in the shape of a backward question mark known as the sickle. Today in 1619, 38 colonists from Berkeley Parish, England, disembarked in Virginia and gave thanks to God. The gesture is considered by some historians as the first Thanksgiving, with a capital T, in the Americas. Today in 1791, the first issue of Britain's The Observer was published and has continued as the world's oldest Sunday newspaper. Today in 1829, the British in India outlawed sute, the Hindu practice in which a widow burns herself to death on her husband's funeral pyre. Today in 1843, Manila paper made from sails, canvas, and rope was patented in Massachusetts. Today in 1881, the first edition of the Los Angeles Times was published. Today in 1943, Major League Baseball Commissioner Kennesaw Mountain Landis announced any baseball club could sign Negroes. Today in 1954, the first Burger King was opened in Miami, Florida. Today in 1956, an impromptu recording session by the Million Dollar Quartet featuring Elvis Presley, Carl Perkins, Jerry Lee Lewis, and Johnny Cash took place at Sun Studios in Memphis, Tennessee. 
Today in 1961, the female contraceptive pill became available from the National Health Service in Britain. Today in 1962, the United States performed the first Nevada test site nuclear test. And today in 1861 in Clinton, Ohio, Iowa, Helen Louise Leonard was born to a father who was a prosperous publisher of agnostic literature and to a mother who was a suffragette. Believing their daughter had singing talent, they invested in voice lessons for her, hoping she would become an opera star. Helen, however, was impatient and in the meantime, under the stage name Lillian Russell, landed a job as a chorus girl in a production of Gilbert and Sullivan's H.M.S. Pinafore. Soon the blonde, blue-eyed, hourglass-figured Lillian was spotted by an impresario whose promoting made her a Broadway favorite. Lillian was also known for her scandalous life, in which, rumors claimed, she kept a circus strongman as her personal body servant and entertained her gentleman friends on a tiger rug. Purportedly, Diamond Jim Brady once dumped a million dollars into her lap and proposed marriage to her, but Lillian politely declined, returned the money, and replied that she thought marriage would spoil their friendship. In her 50s, Lillian Russell became a newspaper columnist and a champion of women's suffrage. In 1916, she addressed the question, Is the stage a perilous place for the young girl? Writing, It has been argued that it is an offense to a woman to be gazed at by strangers from the audience. However, any man can go into a department store and speak to any girl he wishes. He has only to pretend to wish to make a purchase. While a man who attempts to speak to an actress without an introduction does so at the hazard of being beaten by the stage doorkeeper. There is more danger at a tango tea than in the theater. The actor is less dangerous than the dancing master. Today is also the birthday in 1584 of New England Puritan John Cotton, in 1795 of Scottish essayist Thomas Carlyle, in 1835 of English novelist The Way of All Flesh Samuel Butler, in 1840 of Oglala Sioux Chief Crazy Horse, in 1858 of American inventor of the earmuffs from Farmington, Maine, native Chester Greenwood, in 1865 of the British World War I nurse who was executed by Germany, Edith Cavell, in 1866 of Russian-French abstract painter Vasily Kandinsky, in 1875 of Bohemian Austrian poet and novelist Ranier Maria Rilke, in 1892 of Spanish dictator Francisco Franco, in 1912 of American aviator Pappy Boynton, in 1942 of British actress Gemma Jones, in 1944 of Canadian folk singer Anna McGarrigal, in 1940 of American string player and singer-songwriter uh, Chris Hillman in 1944, of American keyboardist Craig Dorja, of American drummer and vocalist Dennis Wilson, and of Jamaican guitarist Hux Brown. In 1947, of Irish string player Terry Woods. In 1949, of American actor Jeff Bridges. In 1951, of American t- guitarist Gary Rossington, and of American actress Patricia Vettig. In 1955, of American jazz singer-songwriter Cassandra Wilson, and in 1964 of American actress Chelsea Noble and of American actress Marissa Tomei. 
From Orono, Maine, I'm R.W. Estella with a word in Edgewise. Here's to the 11th official week of autumn and to the 48th week of 2023. We're a little over a fortnight away from the winter solstice. And, of course, happy birthday midweek to Kathleen.